Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 29. Uh, you got Brian and Chris. Today we are going to talk about things we can do to get better at shooting when we're not shooting guns. Other than the gun. So other than making loud noises, what can you do, right? So All kinds of things. There's a lot. There's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So yeah, uh, we were we were kind of spitballing. Um, and, and if you guys have ever tried to put out content like this, um, Brian, every once in a while, I think, pulls his hair out if he could get a hold of it doing the newsletter for you guys because he just does phenomenal content every time. Um, we, we literally were thinking about, you know, there's just a lot of things we do that don't fall onto necessarily range time or range time in a very, very different fashion. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of were thinking about things that involve, you know, shooting. What does what shooting involve? What kind of physical athleticism? What kind of skills? What kind of hand-eye coordination, et cetera? And, and Brian jokingly, I thought, said, ping pong. And I'm like, ha, 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 ping pong. And then he looked at me deadly serious and was like, yeah, ping pong. And yeah. it's kind of like one of those, wow, you're right, hand-eye coordination. Um, all those dudes hitting that stupid little ball really, really fast to be able to, and the other guy's got to find it and hit it back while it's mm-hmm. going really, really fast. Um, athleticism falls in a lot of different places. Um, athleticism does not have to necessarily fall on a collegiate or professional field. Honestly, like, if you could make the high school junior varsity team at this point in America, you're probably doing pretty damn well. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless you're really fortunate like me and went to a high school that was so small, everyone made the team. That's the only reason I played sports is because <laughs> everyone made the team. Um, but yeah, so, you know, ping pong, not, not jokingly um, ping pong, but any kind of athletic endeavor. Uh, does anybody remember watching the original Rocky movies? Sylvester Stallone walked around bouncing a racquetball off of everything and catching a racquetball all the time. Hand-eye coordination. Um, while you're at it, squeeze the racquetball a few times. It'll help your grip, too. So, you know, things of that nature that seem like uh, maybe more fun-oriented are, are actually hand-eye coordination-oriented. Any kind of athletic endeavor that's a good time. Playing catch with your kid or your dad. Um, go pick up a baseball and a couple of gloves and throw a ball back and forth for a little bit. Um, frisbee. Yeah, Frisbee, absolutely. Um, jarts. Oh, don't play catch with Jarts, just joking. Um, I don't even think Jarts are a thing anymore. But, yeah, the, you know, the, one of the things that we thought about, that, that type of endeavor where you're going out and doing something involving hand-eye coordination. Um, darts. Yeah. You've got to put stuff in the same place. You've got to, you know, get some memory down about what your body's doing and understand some, some appropriate reception of where your hand's at, some, some kinesthetic aspects of the movement and doing – a repetitive movement the same every time huh kind of like a draw stroke crazy and with darts you can drink beer i like and there's, beer. there's some strategy involved too of prioritizing whatever what you're aiming at whatever i just like beer uh one of the big big focuses in addition to just pure athleticism for things to do outside the gun is we're looking for activities that help us to process visual information faster so that we can shoot Actually, so we can make decisions sooner, so we can ultimately shoot um, sooner. Uh, so visual information as far as finding targets, identifying targets, discriminating those targets into shoot or no shoot, and then being able to get a sight or optic reticle you know, on that target, on the correct part of that target, and then getting it shot off and trying to make all of that happen you know, as quickly as possible. It's just, it's a tremendous amount of visual information. Yes. Um, so the faster we can learn how to process and prioritize, 
all that visual information, you know, the better we're going to be um, when it comes to actually running the gun, you know, in a defensive engagement. Yes. Uh, yeah, and that, you know, that's kind of where jokingly, like, playing ping pong or table tennis, uh, I get the opportunity in my day job every once in a while to play against some Asian guys that are really, really good. And, I mean, you've got to be on your on your game to follow that little orange ball when they're hitting it around. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, Cool. Um, so, go do something athletic. Go do something that involves you watching something move, tracking it, deciding whether or not you're going to hit it, and then where and how you're going to hit it. Um, or, or something. Catching it, throwing it, whatever. Go do something. Get off your butt. Stop watching TV. Um, next thing we talked about, plinking. Um, BB guns, airsoft guns, uh, rimfires, 22s, going, going, you know, when I was a kid growing up, um, uh, you know, the world was a little bit different place, so this probably isn't politically correct anymore, but we used to go down to the creek, and along the creek, there are a couple different places where the farmers who own property, um, they didn't have trash pickup. They burnt their trash, or they shoved it over the edge of the drop-off along the creek. So we would go pick up old bottles and, and cans and stuff like that, and we would put them on a stump and shoot at them. Um, and at some point, you know, you you do that. Um, I don't know, once a week, every you know, every Saturday morning or something like that, or or a couple times a week if it's over the summer when you're a kid with a 22 or a BB gun, um, and and or you go do it for multiple hours every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you spend some time doing that, or you go and shoot at. Um, rats in the corn bin or pigeons in the corn bin that are eating the corn because they're a nuisance at that point um, for hours upon hours upon hours. Um, a, you learn to see things and find things. And, and B, you learn to line up the sights and not mess up your sight picture with your trigger press and hit them. Um, but And plinking's fun. Um, it's also a way less structured way to get your kids in, you know, engaged in shooting something or a new shooter engaged in shooting. Um, that, that still involves shooting the gun, still involves lining up the sights, still involves pressing the trigger. Um, maybe the stressor goes from a time constraint to you're shooting with your buddies and you don't want to be the guy that misses kind of deal. Um, or, or shooting for a bet or whatever kind of deal. Um, but, you know, bringing somebody new into the game, going out and shooting steel plates is still plinking and having fun. It can be a training event, but it doesn't have to be. Um, a lot of times when I take my kids to the range, I will hand them a brick of 22 ammo and say there are steel targets at that end um, shoot them. Have fun. Do whatever you want to do. If you're shooting the big one and you're hitting it every time, shoot the next smallest one. And if you're hitting it every time, shoot the next smallest one and have some fun. Um, to the point where I fear that they're getting good enough, they're going to get bored with that at this point. So we need to find other fun stuff to shoot at. Um, but you can do the same thing with BB guns. You can do the same thing with airsoft guns. Um, you can even shoot at moving targets with airsoft guns, like the rabbits eating your wife's garden. Um, and the different things of that nature. You're not likely to hurt a rabbit or a squirrel permanently with an airsoft gun. You might put their eye out, but they've got two. Um, you know, that kind of thing as well. Um, please do not shoot, you know, in a manner that's unsafe, even with an airsoft yeah. gun, or in a manner that might freak your neighbors out, unless they're just bleeding heart liberals, then who cares? Um, but in a manner that will freak your neighbors out, you know, just be aware of your surroundings and understand the politics of your neighborhood before you get the police called on you. Um, by the way, don't answer the door with the airsoft gun in your hand when the police do show up. It's a good way to get shot. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, I would say trap shooting. Um, so talking ATA trap, you know, twenty or sixteen yards, or you know, out to the twenty-seven yard line if you're shooting handicap, um, one round per target. Uh, this is a really 
really good way to learn how to track, you know, a moving object moving on a vector or an angle, you know, away from you, um, learning how to lead it, and then also learning how to just trust that sight and get the shot off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've gotten dramatically faster consistently with the pistol uh, after spending a large part of the last two years shooting trap. Yeah, I have a, a friend that I grew up with who shot trap and shot bowling pins. Um, and his transition time was unreal because he trusted the sight picture going to the next target. Um, and he was not at all uncomfortable swinging, I would say, almost through a bowling pin at times, taking shots on a stationary target. And it was because of the ability to have seen a moving front sight on a moving target enough. And along with trap, I'll throw out, you know, rabbit hunting, um, sporting bird clays. hunting, sporting clays, grouse hunting, if you can find a grouse somewhere, duck hunting, etc. Um, you know, tracking moving targets, um, you know, but get, like Brian said, getting out there and that the visual aspect of finding a moving target and then mentally getting the calculation of getting the gun through the target, pressing the shot, maintaining your swing, doing all those things. Um, just the visual, visual acuity aspect of it and the ability to calculate that um, is something that carries over to a lot of things. It actually carries over to driving a vehicle, something we all do every day. Um, it, it carries over quite honestly to stepping out of the way of a punch. Um, if you can see something moving and recognize that it's moving and where it's moving to, um, a lot of times you can just get the hell out of the way and not get hit with something, whether it's a punch or something thrown at you or whatever. Um, you know, that visual acuity aspect is a very, very good thing. So, um, and also traps a lot of fun and it's not stupid expensive to go shoot trap. Um, you do not need a $10,000 Kriegoff to go do it. It's cool if you got the money, awesome, have at it, but you don't need it. You know, plain um, Jane Remington 870 gets the job done quite well. Absolutely, absolutely. Or a Benelli M2 set up in full tactical and then go smoke everyone with it and make them feel bad about their pretty guns not being as good as your ugly gun because that's always fun too. So Yeah. Cool. Um, next on the list, dry fire. Yeah, dry fire involves a gun. That's fine. Okay, cool. You got us. Um, but you're not making loud noises. Um, dry fire. There's a lot of things you can do, whether it's lining up the sights and pressing the trigger um, repeatedly to get the practice of pressing the trigger without disturbing your sight picture. Or, um, you know, one of, our, uh, one of our brand ambassadors here does a boatload of stuff where he videos himself and puts it out there on the internets doing loading drills and stuff like that, where you're loading the gun, dropping the shot, reloading the gun, and doing different things of that nature. Um, you're, we're talking about uh, a, a guy who is doing sub-one-second reloads now, and a lot of that is from doing dry practice. No bullets involved, no bang involved, but he's got his reload down now to, I don't know if it's consistently sub-one-second, but it's consistently one-second. Um, and his draw to shot times are ridiculously fast, too. And yeah, he's a competitive shooter. Um, so that's like his job at this stage of the game. But, man, he treats it like his job and does a boatload of dry practice. Um, you know, figure out what those routines are. If you're a competitive shooter, uh, Ben Stoger does an amazing book on dry fire practice uh, that's mm -hmm. geared specifically toward USPSA guys. Um, and, and dry fire practice, whether it's drills or weapon manipulations, etc. Um, but think about the things you do with the gun, loading the gun, reloading the gun, pulling the trigger and stuff like that, and, and practice doing those things with the gun. Um, as well, if you have a striker-fired gun that doesn't automatically reset itself, you might consider looking at um, something that has a DA, has a double-action first Get trigger a pull. CZ P07 or a P09. Absolutely, um, or you know, or, or any man. I mean, for health spells, a Sig. I don't care. You know, Sigs have DA. They make DA guns. Um, old Smith and Wessons. If you've got an old Smith 
3913 or 5906 or something like that laying around. Yeah, the grip angle is a little bit different, but you can pull the trigger every time. Um, a Beretta, if you were issued, if you were, you know, if you had an M9 or you fell in love with the uh, 92 series guns, you know, pick that up and dry fire with it. Um, also understand that over time, you probably will break something dry firing with the gun. So understand that um, if it's CZ, maybe uh, call Cajun and get some trigger return springs yeah, the, before you the, get started. The factory trigger return spring on the PO7 is good for about 10,000 dry fire cycles. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want something, you know, if you're concerned about handling a, a real weapon in a dry fire environment, cause maybe you live in an apartment and, and even though you can segregate guns and ammo and, and practice, but you're not comfortable with it, come talk to us. Uh, we'll order you a cert pistol. Uh, the cert pistol has a, a near Glock ish laser already built into it or a near Glock ish trigger. And then has a laser designator that tells you where you're hitting. Um, and it also has some other good features to use in a training environment as well. There are some options out there, and they do make cert pistols um, that are Glock-ish or Smith & Wesson M&P-ish now. Um, and, and that's a good training aid for dry fire as well. So, you know, pushing through some of that stuff. I know this is all stuff everybody knows, but, you know, it, it's it's you can make it fun if you want. There are some different tools you can buy that detect laser impact, um, and you can, you know, set up some of those games with those tools. Or you can just grind through the reps and do it however you want to do yeah, it. Yeah, putting a post-it note with about a, a quarter size Sharpie mark on it, you know, against the far wall, yeah. um, works really well. <clears throat> um, you're looking for something that is right about the same size as your front sight post at distance. Yeah. And then be able to track that and see that you're either on that or not um, when the shot breaks. Really helps with keeping things consistent and then learning how to just let the gun do what it's going to do without anticipating that recoil let it do who say that frank proctor yeah, absolutely so yeah so yeah you you learn a little bit of faith and you get a little bit of confidence in seeing that sight picture and trusting it which will help you speed up whether you like it or not when you actually get on the range um you you won't be able to help it it's just how it works so um, what was our next topic? Let's yeah. see. So, exercise. Or did we to, okay, uh, exercise. Ugh, oh, yeah. bad. Um, so, in, in, in particular, when we talk about exercise, I think we're talking about doing kettlebell work, um, particularly kettlebell ballistic stuff. So, one hand swings, two hand swings. Um, if you can switch between hands um, with the kettlebell when you're doing you know, one-handed swings, um, or what I, I like to call the slingshot, um, which you can, we'll figure out a way to get that up somewhere on our social media stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you're transitioning the kettlebell from hand to hand, so it not only builds a ton of grip strength, but from a pre-perception standpoint, um, you learn where all the different parts of your body are and what they're doing um, and how to kind of have them subconsciously talk to each other. Yeah, absolutely. Moving a kettlebell around you, um, even doing something like halos where you're holding the bell with both heads, moving it around your head just to get mm -hmm. those shoulders opened up and get gain some shoulder strength and mobility. Um, you, you can hit yourself in the head with a freaking handle if you don't hold the bell the right way and don't keep it away from your body. Um, you know, some of the different slingshots and cross the body transitions where you end up with the bell either in a rack position or you end up in it in the other hand rested while you're mm -hmm. still holding the handle of the bell. And some all those different movements where you're going around your body, um, doing around the worlds to warm up. You know, take the kettlebell and literally swing it around your body from one hand to the other, transitioning in front and in back. Um, that appropriate reception, that kinesthetic understanding of where your hands are and what they should be doing to catch that bell, 
um, you know, in the strength aspect of using some of those fine motor control muscles that you probably don't typically use in gross motor movements like bench press, overhead press, press that are static, um, are really, really good things to do to get your body tuned up to understanding where it needs to be. Um, a lot of that we think in terms of what one hand's doing versus the other in a draw stroke conversation where we draw with our strong hand and the weak hand meets the gun at some point. That's great, but if you're moving or you're running from position A to position B, you may have strong hand on your gun and your, your weak hand or your other weak hand may be doing something else like carrying something or honestly catching you as you slide yeah. to a stop against a building or a vehicle or whatever. And, and knowing where that hand is is important from a safety perspective as well as a strength and control perspective because if that hand ends up in front of the gun, that's a no-no. Um, so the kettlebell thing does a whole lot for you um, in those regards. And then on top of it, it's phenomenal for hand strength. It's phenomenal for keeping a hold of stuff. Catching that bell from one hand to the other is a really wonderful thing. Um, so yeah, I, I can't stand up about the kettlebells. It, it, the one thing I will say though, if you're going to start training with a kettlebell, seek some instruction, seek a little bit of how to set up your base and how to move with the bell so that you don't throw it through a TV or, or throw your back out or something like that. You know, always good yeah. to seek instruction. start lighter than you think you need to. Yeah. Um, because when you're swinging and accelerating the kettlebell, they get, from a physics standpoint, they get very heavy very quickly. Yep. And catching it is probably what's going to eat you alive too at some point if you go too heavy. So... Um, along with exercise, guys, we throw out kettlebells because of the hand strength and because it's something Brian and I both do on a pretty consistent basis. Um, it, you know, anything you can do to get your heart rate up, anything you can do to gain aerobic capacity, anything you can do to gain some strength, um, whether it be in your core, in your hands, um, in your in your butt, in your hamstrings, in your quads to move, to run, um, or in your calves for that explosive, it, it literally gaining strength, gaining aerobic capacity, gaining flexibility, gaining mobility um, in, in any fashion. I don't care if it's yoga, I don't care if it's powerlifting, I don't care the opposite ends of the spectrum. Do, hmm. Go do something um, because it, it, will, it will make you a more capable person when it comes to dealing with stressful situations, even if it's just the ability of your body to efficiently process oxygen and not let you get in that state where you make bad decisions, because we talked about that with um, a lack of water, dehydration, can create bad decision making. A lack of oxygen can do the same thing really quickly. So the more efficiently your body can work, can do work, and the longer it can do work and the more work it can do is a very, very good thing. So, so, so you know, exercise is a good thing. Just don't hurt yourself and learn how get trained on how to do it just like you would anything else. Yeah. So, yeah. Go um, for a walk, for God's sakes. Yeah. Just, I mean, honestly, walking the dog with a 15-pound book bag on your back. You know every night would make a really big difference yeah yeah and if you really want to step it up carry a 35 pound kettlebell on that same walk then it starts to suck so cool sound like you've done that from experience i absolutely have a number of times so next uh any kind of let's call it mountain biking dirt bike riding uh, motorcycle track day riding car track day type stuff uh, going include, fast on things yeah going fast on things uh, i would add uh, video game simulator driving especially if you can do it in virtual reality yeah um, you're learning to again it's it's that learning to see and prioritize visual information and then how to appropriately plan and respond to it from a physical movement standpoint the timing of reaction yeah yeah of reaction um, and action it it, it, it really works uh, also from a, a mental standpoint 
um, you know, we're on the range, we're shooting a drill, you know, or a competitive stage, that stage or drills usually over in somewhere between call it five and 60 seconds Yeah. on the long side at 60 seconds. Um, these are opportunities to get in that, that state of mind and be there for 15 minutes to an hour yeah. or longer. Uh, and learning how to get into you know what people call the flow state or just kind of letting the mind do what it needs to um, being able to kind of turn that on and off when you get to the range um, the the times that we've shot drills and been you know at the range training event whatnot and you know everybody's doing something at say like four seconds part-time everybody's right around there being able to drop in that flow state is where shooting the same drill in under three seconds comes from yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and in the you know all those driving endeavors, the timing aspect of when to slow down versus when to speed up, and 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 getting a feel for where you need to be on the gas or on the brakes at any point in a turn or in a straight. Um, a, another example I throw out there. So maybe you're not into motorsports, so you don't want to spend a billion dollars to do what Brian doesn't go fast. Um, downhill skiing, snowboarding, etc. Yeah. Mountain bike riding, downhill mountain bike riding, but mountain bike riding as well. Um, for, for God's sakes, even skateboarding and stuff like that. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. um, BMX bicycle riding and stuff like that. Understanding when you need to be on the brakes and when you need to be on the gas. Um, you're not always going to be doing your Pat Mac, gas it up, burn it down. Sometimes you're going to be hitting the brakes hard so you can set up to gas it up and burn yeah. it down. So you know, All that timing, um, the balance of you know, being able to get a vehicle to do what you need it to. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd say, you know, go do a performance driving school Yeah. Um, like they do up at Mid-Ohio. Um, it makes a difference. It also pertains back to the real world, you know, in the event that you do need to, to do something drastic with a vehicle, you know, be it avoid something, be it get around. Or maybe something, it's time to go through something. Go through something or get away from somebody. Yeah. Um, having the knowledge of this is what a vehicle is going to do when we put it on the limit um, is really invaluable. And it translates. It absolutely translates. So, Yeah. So just just some things to chew on, right? So, yeah, cool. Um, I don't have anything to add to that. I, I just think those are all different ways you can get out and gain some some skills that apply in different ways that maybe aren't the gun. So, a little bit of variability there. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us. You can follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. We are at Cap City Outfitters. Um, find us on the web, CapCityOutfitters.com. And then please stop by and see us at the store. Uh, we are located in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery, Cemetery Road. Road. Uh, see you soon. Thanks, guys.